Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Today, as we begin our message, I want to remind you that we're in a series called Faith, Hope, and Love. Last week, we talked about love. This week, we're going to talk about faith. And today is so important because we're in this pandemic. And I would dare to say that many of us have prayed, God, take this away, take this away, take this away. And after several weeks, it seems like it's not really going away. And we're beginning to wonder about our jobs and everything else. And so I would say that our faith probably is beginning to decrease maybe, and our doubts may start increasing. And what I want to share with you today is this, is that it's okay to have doubts as long as you allow your faith to be bigger than your doubts. And I also want to tell you that you're a human being if you have doubts. Some people think, well, you know, I'm not a very good Christian if I'm having doubts. No, you're a human being. And doubts, don't, that doesn't scare God. So much so that God made sure that we understood this because Jesus had an episode in the, in the scripture to where it was, he dealt totally with this issue of doubt. And I want to share that with you today because I want to teach you today how to let your faith get bigger than your doubts. So let's go and get started. Jesus was actually on a spiritual retreat on the top of a mountain with three of his closest followers. After that retreat was over, he comes down the mountain. As he comes down the mountain, he gets to the bottom of the mountain and his other followers were down there and he noticed that they were arguing with people. And Jesus like, what is going on down here? And he steps into the middle of the argument and says, hey, hey, what's going on guys? And there's a man that stepped forward And he began to tell him that he brought his son for them to pray for him and and to pray for his son and to cast out this spirit that was causing all kinds of of difficulties for his son. And they couldn't do it. They They prayed and the spirit did not leave. And so Jesus begins to ask some questions. Look, let's go right into the story in Mark's gospel chapter nine. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered, it has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. Did you hear that? He said, the man's saying, this is a serious issue, Jesus. He goes on and says this, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Hear the passion? He's like, you know, take pity on us and, and, and the passion in my voice. My son needs your help. Now notice what Jesus says here. If you can, said Jesus, notice that. Jesus saying, Mr., listen, if you want me to do something, we've got to get rid of the doubt. You're doubting. So Jesus said, if you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for him who believes. Everything is possible. And I want you to know that no matter the doubt that maybe you've been having, everything is possible when you believe. And today we're going to talk about four things that's going to help you. 
But before I do that, I want to tell you the title of our message today is, is Having Faith in Times of Difficulty or in Times of Doubt. There's a statement of faith that I've come up with that that this is my definition of faith and I want to share it with you. And it's going to come up on the screen and I want you to get this. And we're going to say this several times throughout the message. So let's say it together. You ready? Come on. Faith is confidence in God no matter how I feel. Come on, would you just say that maybe in your living room, your bedroom, wherever you are, or maybe you're with your family. Get your whole family to say it. Let's say it together. You ready? Come on. Faith is confidence in God no matter how I feel. That's what faith is. And so we're going to talk today about four things that's going to help us today have faith in times of doubt. And I want to go in and give you number one. So let's look at it. Number one is this, is choose to hold on to God's word no matter how you feel. Choose to hold on to God's word, God's word, no matter how you feel. Now, I would say that when you're having a time of doubt, the last thing you probably want to do is read the Bible because you're doubting, right? And so I would say the last thing you want to do is do spiritual activity when you're doubting. And so that's when you need to do it the most. The reason being is because it begins to grow our faith. Look what the Bible says. In Romans 10, it says this. So then faith comes from by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Did you hear that? The Bible says that when you get in God's word and you read it, then faith is going to get inside of you. And many, many people have told me through the years, they've said, Pastor Jeff, you know, I don't read the Bible because I tried to read it one time and I didn't get anything out of it. Have you ever heard that? Have you ever said that? What I've understood of after over 35 years of being a Christian and reading the Bible is this, is there's been times that I would say, yes, I read it, and if you ask me what I got out of it after I read it, I couldn't tell you. But what I found out to be true is this, it's not what I'm getting out of it that's most important, it's what's getting in me that's most important. And it's what's getting in you that's most important when you're reading it. You don't realize it, and you can't see it, but your faith is growing The more you read God's word, it increases your faith. And I want to challenge you to do that because what we realize is this, is that doubt, doubt is mostly engaged through our emotions. We be, you know, as our emotions brings on doubt, when we start feeling certain ways, all of a sudden we begin to doubt. And what I would like you to know is this, is that feelings, I want you to know that, that feelings are temporary. Feelings come and feelings go, and feelings are not facts. I would challenge you today to do this in order to help yourself with this, is stop asking yourself how you feel and start telling yourself what you believe. In those times of doubt, when doubt's trying to come in, I'll just be transparent with you. I have to say, Jeff, you are a believer in Jesus Christ. And you believe no matter what, no matter how you feel right now, no matter how things look, you are a believer. I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. I believe Jesus got the power. I have to tell myself. So stop asking yourself how you feel and start telling yourself what you believe. That is one of the ways that I've discovered to, again, allow my faith to outgrow my doubt. And that's what it takes to move the hand of God. Okay, so... Remember what we said? It's coming up on the screen again. Faith is confidence in God no matter how I feel. That's what it is. 
Okay, number two, look at the second thing. Look for what may be causing the broken connection with God. Look in your life. What is it that's causing the broken connection with God? There's two things that I've discovered that that causes broken connections with God. And that is this. As a matter of fact, let me read the passage to you in Mark's gospel. Look what happens here. Again, Jesus states this again. If you can, Jesus said, everything is possible for him who believes. In other words, doubt limits the power of God. So we have to say, what are the things in our life that's breaking the connections with God? And there's two things I think primarily. The first one is sin. Sin breaks our connection with God. We talked a little bit about this last week. But sin breaks our connection with God. And there's a passage in, Bi- in the Bible that, that tells us how to get reconnected with God. And it's found in Acts Gospel. Uh, Acts, look what it says. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. I want to explain this to you because if you feel like you're separated from God, if you know you are because of sin, what do you do to get back to God? Well, the word repent simply is, it means do a 180. So in other words, if I'm walking this direction, I'm going to turn and I'm going to go this direction. That's a 180. That's what it means. Repentance means doing about face. I'm going to turn and go this direction. He says, repent then. And notice that he said, and turn to God. I want to challenge you today because that is so important. He says, repent and turn to God is that many people try to turn from a sin before they try to turn to God. I want you to know that if you want to, if you want to turn from a sin, your first step is not try to, not try to get over the sin, say, okay, well, I'm gonna get, I'll get good first and then I'll get God. No, you don't get good first and then get God. You get God and then you get good. God helps you to get better. And, and, and when you turn to God, you're automatically turning from your sin. So I want to challenge you today is to whatever issue you have is that you would say, today I'm going to turn to God. And I'm going to let God help me with that sin. That's a connection that God wants to make. So sin is what keeps us disconnected from God. So I want to ask you something right now. What is the sin that you need to turn from? What is it? And why don't you make a decision right now? I'm going to turn to God. Maybe you've called yourself a Christian. Maybe, maybe you've been a Christian, and you know that you just got this sin issue that you've got to let go of. Why don't you just right now admit it and do the 180 and turn to God? Now, there's some of you that are right now that you don't have a relationship with God. And I would challenge you today to turn to God. You say, Pastor Jeff, how do I do that? Well, it's simple. You just simply say, dear God, I'm sorry for my sins. Why don't you go ahead and pray this prayer with me? Dear God, I'm sorry for my sins. Jesus, I need you to come into my life and I need you to save me because I'm making a mess of this thing. And I want to do your will. I believe you died on the cross for my sins, and I believe you rose from the grave, and I believe you're going to come back again and receive us to you. Jesus, would you please come into my life and save me? If you did that today, my friend, if that's you, 
the Bible says you need to tell somebody about it. And maybe you don't want to tell anybody in your family right now or any, any of your friends. I want you to tell me. There's a number that's coming on the screen right now. I want you to just text that, text that number, the word saved, and your name. I just want you to text, text to that number, the word saved, and your name. And when you do, I want you to know, I'm going to pray for you, but also I would like to send you a book that I've written. It's called The Next Steps. I'd like for you to know how to take the next steps. And so I'd like to send you this book. So please, if, you say, if you'll text us and then we can get in touch with you, we will send you this book. So I want to say thank you for doing that. The second thing I would say that disconnects us from God is, is forgetting how much God loves you. Forgetting how much God loves you. Doubt, when, when we forget how much God loves us, it produces doubt, just like in every relationship. When we, for, when we forget how much a person loves us, then it begins, the doubt begins to grow. And I would just, uh, you know, again, being transparent with you, tell you that I had an incident this, a couple of weeks ago when, this, when the pandemic, you know, began to break out here in America and they began shutting everything down and, and, and we were told that, you know, churches, we couldn't have church anymore on campus. Needless to say, I was edgy. Some people would say Jeff was pretty anxious. And my daughter, Caitlin, was trying to give me some, you know, advice about what she thought we should do. And, and I just disagreed with her. And so, you know, I tried to move on again. And, and then she sent me a text and said, Dad, I really think we need to do this. And I'm like, listen, you didn't talk to me. You send me a text now. And I'm like, okay, I'm just tired of this. I, so I dialed her up and I called her. She answered the phone. I said, listen, I want you to know something. I've heard exactly what you had to say and we're not going to do it. And hung up the phone. Yes, I was a total jerk. And so give myself about 30 minutes, you know, after that. And I thought about what I'd done and realized what a jerk I'd done. And what being, you know, to my daughter, who, whom I love dearly, I, tr I called her back. Or I, I called her back and she didn't answer. I called her back again. She didn't answer again. And so then I sent her a text and said, listen, I'm sorry. I was wrong to, to do that to you. And I need you to forgive me. And, and you know, I want to, let's just move on. So she didn't text me back immediately, but just a little while she texted me back and says, I'm not ready to forgive you just yet. <laughs> I need a little time. And so that afternoon she actually forgave me, you know, and, and we moved on. But what the reason I tell you that story is this, is that even though Caitlin, I'm sure many times questions my action, I don't think she questioned my love. And right now, I just feel like there's a lot of you that are out there that are, you're questioning God's actions. And yes, and guess what? All of us are like, God, why is this going on? And that's okay. But I would challenge you not to question his love. He loves you. God did not bring this on us, but I'm telling you that God's going to bring good out of it. And I just want to challenge you to hang on to God's love. You know, one of the greatest ways to experience God's love is, is when you decide that you're going to help somebody else. When you decide that you're going to serve other people, you're going to help them. And I would challenge you to do that. 
right now, why don't you determine even in your home or, or wherever you, you know, maybe it's a friend that you can call or you write a note to someone. Maybe it's something like that. I would challenge you to do that. And I would also challenge you to help us at SEC serve people. You say, we say at SEC, it feels good to do good. And one of the ways that we do that is that we have something called growth track that we help you find out what you're good at. And we identify that so that you will enjoy doing something for God. I want to challenge you today, those of you that are a part of SEC or want to be a part of SEC, that you take growth track. And I'm going to ask you to do something with me. I'm going to ask you to, why don't you make it a, a goal of yours to finish growth track. You can do it online. Finish growth track before we're able to meet back together. Wouldn't that be awesome? So if it takes us the next two weeks we get back together or the next three weeks or six weeks, we don't know. But by that time happens, once you come back and say, you know what, I've finished growth track. I'm ready to go for the kingdom of God. Would you do that? If you will, you can actually message us or either on your connection card, you can just check the box there and we'll be glad to get you the information. I want you to do it with me. Okay. All right. So now let's look at the third thing. But before we do, again, remember our statement that we were saying over and over again? Here it is. Let's say it again. You ready? Faith is confidence in God no matter how I feel. You have to remember that. I cannot let my emotions control my faith. So the third thing is this, is be honest with God about your doubt. Now, remember, we go back into the story and the man has said, Jesus, you know, your disciples couldn't get this spirit out of my son. And he said, listen, please help us if you can. And Jesus said, what do you mean if I can? All things are possible to them that believe. And so as soon as Jesus says that, this is what the man says. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Is that the way you feel today? Because let me tell you something. That prayer is the most faith-filled prayer you ever pray. God I believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. In other words, God, I believe my, my doubt's beginning to creep in a little bit. It's getting stronger and stronger, but I believe, God. And so when you pray that prayer, again, it's inserting faith stronger than your doubt. I want to challenge you to pray that prayer because it's honest and God gets it. He understands it. And what you're saying is this, God, my heart knows that you can and my heart knows that you, you're real, and my heart knows that you will, but right now what I'm seeing is just overwhelming me. Did you hear that? Faces, I know you can, I know you're up to something, but just what I'm seeing right now is overwhelming me. God, I believe, but help my unbelief. That's a great prayer to pray. The fourth thing I'd like to tell you is this. We're talking about having faith in times of doubt is fuel your faith in God through prayer. Fuel your faith in God through prayer. Jesus heals this boy. After the man prays that prayer, Jesus heals the boy and that spirit leaves him. But I want you to know that after that they left there, the disciples were upset with Jesus. His followers were upset and said, hey, why come we couldn't do that? You told us if we prayed for people, why, why could they, this spirit would come out. Why can't, couldn't we do it? And so they actually go into a house and begin to have this discussion. Look what Jesus says here. When Jesus went into the house, his followers began asking him privately, why couldn't we force out that evil spirit? 
Jesus answered, that kind of spirit can only be forced out by prayer. I want you to know today that there's a spirit that we're dealing with right now. It's a spirit of fear. It's a spirit of anxiety. And it's packaged in something called worry. Did you see that? Fear, anxiety. And I'll just tell you, all of that is just packaged in a word called worry. It's a spirit. It's a spirit of fear. And the, by God's word gives us the tools to deal with this. And I just want to show you through prayer how God wants to help you and me through this very difficult time that we're going to get through, by the way. Look what he says in Philippians. This is one of my favorite passages. He says, don't worry about anything. Look at that next word. Let's say it out loud. Instead. Okay, so, so don't worry about anything. Instead, look what he says. Pray about everything. So either you're going to worry or you're going to pray. That's the options that you have. Either you're going to worry or you're going to pray. Either you're going to constantly worry. That means over and over you're going to think about this stuff all the time. What if, what if this happens? What if this happens? Well, you know, what if this happens? That's worry. But are you going to pray and say, God, I believe. I believe. I believe you've got this. I believe you're going to take care of this. And he goes on and says this. Look, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. That's very important. That's called praise right there. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. So basically what he's saying, he's saying that we should pray about everything and praise God in everything. Not for everything, but in everything. I wrote myself a note here I wanted to share with you, and it's this, is that in prayer you tell God how big your problem is, but in praise you tell your problem how big your God is. Did you hear that? In prayer you got God, we got a big problem right here, but when you begin to praise you say, I want you to know that, you know, coronavirus, you're not too big for God. I want you to know your job situation, you're not too big for God. I want you to know with your finances, you say, you're not too big for God. The, every problem that you have, when you begin to say, you know, God, I thank you that you can handle my finances. I thank you that you got this coronavirus. I thank you. That's praising God and that's telling your problem how big your God is. It's amazing what begins to happen when we do that. Now, why should we speak it out loud? Look what Proverbs says. Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue has the power of life and what? Death. The tongue has the power of life and death. When you speak to God in prayer and you speak about God in praise, it's giving life to your faith and death to your doubt. Did you hear that? See, it's important that you speak it out loud. When you pray, I would challenge you at times, pray out loud. If you had to go by yourself, pray out loud. Say, well, Pastor Jeff, I, I don't know how to pray. Yes, you do. You know how to talk. And if you know how to talk, you know how to pray. Just say what you're thinking to God. And you tell God about those big problems. And then you know what? You don't just tell him about that, but you don't leave it there. That's 50% of, of the equation. Then you go to the other 50% and you say, God, but I know that you're bigger than this. 
God, I know that you've got this. I believe you. I trust you. And God, I, I know that, 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 Lord, you're going to take care of us. I know you're going to get us to the other side of this issue. I know you're going to take care of my family. I know you're going to take care of my job. I just believe you. And the reason you want to declare that is because you bring life to your faith. You bring life to your faith. You believe you more than you believe anybody else, and that's why you got to say it out loud. When you, there's something about you hearing me say it right now. That's encouraging. But if you can say it out loud and you hear yourself say it, all of a sudden your faith rockets up, and it becomes bigger than your doubts. I come across a story about two years ago, and it's one that I, as I began preparing today, I thought about it again, and it's so encouraging. I want to share it with you. There's a lady by the name of Diane Aiden who actually went to church on a Sunday morning. And as she was sitting there, her pastor began to speak, and he began to talk about this person, his coworker that he had, who was always saying, would you look at God? Always saying that. He said it would just drive him crazy because this guy, they would be in a vehicle together trying to get into a, a, a Home Depot parking lot and they would try to park and said they would turn the corner by the store and going back up the row of cars and right immediately there would be a parking spot right there at the front and he would say, he would say, would you look at God as he pulled in that parking spot? He said they would be walking along and on the, on the parking lot there would be uh, on the pavement, there would be someone that had dropped a quarter there, and he would reach down, he'd pick up that quarter, and look around and not see anybody and say, would you look at God? He would even be in a grocery store, and, and it, the place being packed out, and he said he would be in line, and, and, and they would ring his groceries up, and all of a sudden the lady said, today you got a discount of such and such amount of money, and he would say, whoo, would you look at God? And Diane said as she heard a pastor continue to say those things, she could see how that could become very annoying. Would you look at God? Would you look at God at everything, little thing, would you look at God? She left church that day and decided to go to Sam's to get some things for her work. She spent several hundred dollars for work and as she checked out, and of course, she was making her way out of the store. And you know, at Sam's, you have to show the receipt. And she was showing a receipt, and the, and the person marked in the receipt. And she got it. She was going to put it back into her purse as she was walking out the door. And she dropped it. And about the time that she dropped it, a gust of wind happened, and it blew her receipt. And she couldn't find her receipt. She was sort of in panic because in order to be reimbursed for that receipt, she would have to turn it in. And she's like, oh, what am I going to do? And about that time, the wind blew, and it began to blow in her face. And she felt something bump up against her ankle, and, and she looked down, and she reached down and, and picked it up off her ankle, and it was a piece of paper, and it was her receipt. And she said out loud, would you look at God? What I'm trying to tell you today, if you want to let your faith become bigger than your doubts is that you begin to look for God in every little thing. I'm challenging you that when you get up in the morning and, and you fix yourself from breakfast or in your family breakfast and, and they're around, you should say, would you look at God because God provided this breakfast. When you go to, when you go to, when you go to grab that toilet tissue, hallelujah, 
right? And, and you, you look at it and you say, would you look at God? Hallelujah, we got toilet paper, right? When you begin to go in your closet and, and you pull out those clothes and you put them on your back and you put them on your children's back, you should say to them, would you look at God? When you, when you go to buy food for your family and you have money to do it, you should say, would you look at God? And when you take that breath that you're taking right now, you should say, would you look at God? I'm telling you that God's in work. He's at work in all the little things. And when you begin to recognize that God is in the little things, it'll give you faith to know that God's got the big things. And I want to challenge you today that we're going we're gonna to determine today that we're not going we're gonna, we're to walk by fear. We're not going to walk by anxiety. We're we're not going to let worry overwhelm us because we're going to keep looking for God in all the little things and we believe that God's going to show up in the big things and we believe that just in a few days there's going to be a breakthrough from heaven and this pandemic is going to be over and we're going to be able to meet together again and we're going to have our freedom again because God is in the middle of this and God's got this and God's going to get us through this. Amen, everybody? Would you look at God? But you look at God. Oh, I want to pray with you. And when I pray with you, we're going to come and we're going to sing a song together that says, you know what, that God's got this and that God's with us. When you look back, you're going to see God. When you look ahead, you know that God's there. And in the present, you know he's with you right now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, right now, in the name of your son, Jesus, we believe, oh God, that you're with us. We believe the power of your Holy Spirit is with us. And God, we know that, that if you've given us, you've let us wake up to this morning that you're with us. Oh God, you, the breath we're taking right now, the breath from you, we believe, oh God, we believe that you're in the small things. And God, we believe if you're doing these small things that you're definitely going to take care of the big things. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.